The rest of us grab our Bibles. Joshua chapter 13. Joshua chapter 13. We're going to read the first eight verses, and then we're going to go over to chapter 14, and then chapter 17, and we're going to catch basically some of the highlights of, of this section of the book of Joshua. Up to this point, the first, um, first couple chapters of Joshua, up to Joshua chapter 4, is Joshua and the Israel getting ready to move into Canaan. Then from Joshua chapter, Joshua chapter 5 up to the end of chapter 12 is basically the part of Joshua that covers the conquering of the land and how the different battles that they fought and how God gave the victory time and time again. And then in Joshua chapter 13, it, through Joshua chapter 21, it starts a new section of the book of Joshua. And it, this section is about the dividing of the land. They had conquered the land, now they had to divide the land. And there's long lists of cities, and basically what they mean is God was giving the land and just is giving the borders. But the um, overall thought of this part runs from chapter 13 through chapter 19. So we are not going to read all those chapters, but we are going to catch the highlights of it. We're going to catch the basic thought, I believe, of what God is, why it's recorded in the Bible. So verse Joshua chapter 13, verse number 1, and we'll read down to verse number 8. Now Joshua was old and stricken in years. And the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years. Joshua's probably saying, Thanks. I knew that already. God comes and says, You're old. You're really old. Alright, and this is what God says. And there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. This is the land that remaineth all the borders of the Philistines and all, and all Gershuai. And Sihor, which is before Egypt, even unto the borders of Ekron northward, which is count, counted to the Canaanite, five lords of the Philistines, the Gazites, and the Ashtonites, and the Eshkelonites, and the Gittites, and the Ekronites, also the Avites from the south, all the land of the Canaanites and Merah, that is beside the Zidonians unto Aphek to the borders of the Amorites, and the land of the Giblites, unto, and all Lebanon, toward the sun rising, and from Baalgad, unto Mount Hermon, unto the entering into Hamath. All the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon, unto Mishpothmam, and all the Zidonians, them will I drive out from before the children of Israel, only divide it by lot unto the Israelites for an inheritance." As I have commanded thee, now therefore divide this land for an inheritance unto the nine tribes and the half-tribe of Manasseh, with whom the Reubenites and the Gadites have received their inheritance, which Moses gave them beyond Jordan eastward, even as Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave them. So basically, this passage of Scripture talks about the land that still needs to be possessed. The parts of the land that are still under control of the Canaanites, and then... The command from God to Joshua, it's time to divide the land. It's time that all of Israel up to this point has been together. They've been, the armies have been combined. They've been fighting battle after battle. And now God tells Joshua, it's time for the tribes to get their land. It's time for the tribes, for the individual families and the individual tribes of Israel to be able to begin to enjoy the blessings that God has for them. Now let's go over to Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14 and verse number 6. As the division of the land is going on, this is part of the division 
of the, the land that the children of Judah got. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again, as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses sware on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. As he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. He's eighty-five. As yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain... Whereof the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him, and gave unto Caleb the son of Jethunah Hebron for an inheritance. And Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jethunah the Kesnite unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron was before kirjath which Arba was a great man among the Anakims, and the land rested, had rest from war. Let's go over to chapter 17. Chapter 17, and start in verse number 12. Chapter 17 and verse number 12. Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. Yet it came to pass when the children of Israel were waxen strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute, but did not utterly drive them out. And the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit, seeing I am a great people, for as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto? Joshua answered, answered them, If thou be a great people, then get thee up to the wood country and cut down for thyself there in the land of the Perzites and of the giants, if Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee. And the children of Joseph said, The hill is not enough for us, and all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron. Both they who are at Beth Shean and her towns, and they who are in the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people, and hast great power. Thou shalt not have one lot only, but the mountain shall be thine, for it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and the outgoings of it shall be thine, for thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. I just pray tonight that um, your word would be clear, that you would speak through me, Lord, and that we could understand your truth. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We are often great at starting things, but finishing them can be another deal. We start reading that book, and now it has been, about halfway through, it has been sitting, sitting on the shelf collecting dust for the past six months. We're great at starting that book, but maybe we're not as good at finishing them. Maybe. I know that's, you could start on that diet or that workout program, but after seeing small progress, it soon becomes a distant memory. You can make a decision, let's, let's turn to something that we each do every year, Lord willing, here at this church. We each make a decision that year that we are going to read through the entire Bible reading calendar, but how many times... We make it through some years, but other years we get to the end of the year, and if you, I mark out the days that I read, and sometimes I miss a chapter, and I try to go back and catch it, catch it up, but sometimes I get to the end of the year, and I'm like, I have a lot more to catch up than I thought I did. I am much better at starting it at times than I am at finishing it. The problem with not finishing, okay, what is the problem with not finishing? The problem is, We don't get to enjoy the blessings. We don't get to enjoy the privileges that come from finishing what we started out. How many have ever read a book by Charles Dickens? I've read a book by Charles Dickens. My favorite is Our Mutual Friend. It is the best book by Charles Dickens. I love the book. But if you do not read the last five pages of the book, the whole book was a waste. So if you do not read to the end of the story, you're going to be like, that was a dumb book. I don't understand it. The, be- the enjoyment of reading that book, the enjoyment of reading the entire book comes in the last five pages. I'm serious. You should read it sometime. It's great. You don't get to enjoy your ble- the blessings of reading your Bible the whole way through if you don't finish the calendar. You don't, you don't get to enjoy the blessings of being at the weight you set or the, um, if you were doing a workout program or you don't get to enjoy the blessings of running a marathon if you stop training halfway through. The enjoy, you don't, if you don't finish, you don't get to enjoy the blessings of the project you were undertaking. Joshua and Israel had come in and started the conquest of the land. But to enjoy the blessings of the land, to enjoy what God had for them, God was giving them the land. But to be able to enjoy it, they had to finish conquering it. They had to take the land. They had to finish what God had put in front of them. Now, Joshua had been given two basic responsibilities. We can go back to Joshua chapter 1. And the first responsibility that Joshua had was to lead the children of Israel to conquer the land of Canaan. Alright? He was to conquer the major cities, fight the major battles. In Joshua chapter 6, excuse me, Joshua chapter 6, we deal with Jericho and how Joshua led Israel through the power of God to the great miraculous victory at Jericho. Then there's Ai. Then there's the battle at Gibeon, where God cast down the hailstones 
and the miraculous victory, the sun stands still. Just the miraculous victory that God works out there. And then the individual battles at the cities as they went around. Then there was the battle that we talked about last week at the, at the waters of Merom, where there was the great coalition with the, all the chariots and all the horses. And then all the cities they'd have to go fight. And there wasn't a lot of miraculous events other than that God gave the victory. There wasn't this phenomenon with that. But Joshua still led Israel in conquering the land. He was fulfilling what God had. In fact, in Joshua chapter 11, the last verse, the Bible says, So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord said unto Moses, and Joshua gave it for an inheritance unto Israel according to their divisions by their tribes, and the land rested from war. According to the Bible, Joshua fulfilled his responsibility in leading Israel to conquer the major parts of the land. Now, Joshua's remaining responsibility was to divide the land. He was to divide the land for an inheritance to the different tribes. Now, the word inheritance is very important. The Bible doesn't say that, God, that Joshua was to divide the land that Israel conquered to Israel. The word inheritance has the idea of something passed down, something given. You see, Israel had not, we've been over this many times, Israel did not conquer the land of Israel. They did not go through and say, with our armies we are going to win these great battles, and we, because we're such a great nation, we can conquer this land. No. God called it an inheritance. God gave Israel the land that He had for them. They didn't earn it through their fighting. Each and every victory was a direct result of the power of God. Number two, the land belonged to God. It was God's land and He was giving it to them. You know, we do not earn the blessings of God in our lives. It isn't that we um, are such good people that God blesses us. It's the fact that God is a good God and He gives us what we need to serve Him. And as we serve Him, the many blessings we receive are because God is good, not because we earn them. So Joshua was to take the blessings of God for Israel and to divide it or give borders to each of the tribe. And the way God had set it up was they were to be assigned their inheritance by lot. So Joshua would have the tribes come before him different and say, this is the land through some method. Um, um, the priest was to be there, so maybe they would use the Urim and the Thummim that the high priest had in their breastplate. Or however it was, they divided the land and God um, worked out in such a way that um, Joshua said, alright, this tribe is to go here. This land is for this tribe. This land is for this tribe. This lot, this inheritance is for the tribe of Manasseh. This inheritance is for Benjamin, for Judah, for Simeon, and through each of the tribes. Each of the tribe would have its own land, its own borders, its own cities. Now, Levi, um, the, uh, Lord willing, the next message will deal with um, Levi's inheritance. But Levi did not receive an inheritance of land that's spoken of again and again through this passage, through these chapters, because they were the priests. They would receive their inheritance from God as they would enjoy the um, sacrifices that the people brought to the tabernacle. So you had nine and a half tribes 
on the west side of Jordan. And then remember at the beginning, there was the Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, which were on the east side of Jordan. And they had asked to say, asked Moses, they said, this land is good for cattle. We would like this land. So that's where their inheritance was. Now, as they were dividing the inheritance to the different tribes, it's very important that we understand, while the major battles have been won, and that's what um, the beginning of Joshua chapter 13 is about, while the, um, the major organized resistance was done away with, it had been destroyed, there were still major pockets, major cities that the Canaanites held throughout each one of the lots the each one, each area that the tribe would be given. Each of the tribes would go to their inheritance and they would still find cities with Canaanites in them. They would still find battles that they would have to fight. But the land at this point is at rest. There's no major conflict. And God, that's a little bit of the background in Joshua chapter 13, God tells Joshua, listen, the job is not done yet. Yes, the land is at rest, but time is passing. And there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. God tells Joshua, you're old and you're getting older. Now's the time. Go ahead. I want you to divide the land. Each tribe is to get their inheritance, what I have to give them. Chapter 13 deals with the, the, um, the two and a half tribes on the east side of Jordan. Chapter 14 deals with the tribe of Judah. And then the following chapters go through as each of the tribes begin to receive the land. God assigns the land that He has given them. The, it was the individual's tribe individual tribes' responsibility to remove the remaining enemies in their land. Once the land was divided, the land still needed to be possessed. It needed to be taken. And the tribes had to go to the area that God had given them, and they had to take control of it. Even though the major battles had been won, there were still battles that they had to fight. There was still the land of the Philistines that needed to be possessed. Jerusalem and other towns and cities, in each of the lots, in each of the areas that the tribes would dwell in, needed to fall if they were going to be able to enjoy the blessings of God. You see, God had told them, you need to remove all the Canaanites from the land, lest they teach you to go after their gods. You need to drive them out, or they are going to lead you astray from the way of following me. If you don't drive them out, they're going to be thorns in your eyes and pricks in your side. They're going to make it impossible for you to enjoy what I am giving you. And each of the tribes had to go and clean out that area to clean out what God had given them so they could totally enjoy the blessings God had given them. They had to drive the Canaanites out of the land that God had given them. It was their personal responsibility. Basically, this whole passage, all these chapters is about, is Israel, if they were going to enjoy, fully enjoy the blessings of God, 
if they were going to have the benefits of what God had given them. They must completely possess the land that God had given them through the power of God. God was not saying, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to fight with you like I did at Jericho anymore. They still had the same power of God with them. They still had, God was still going to be with them and enable them to win the individual victories. But they, if they were going to enjoy what God had given them, they needed to fully possess the land in front of them. And each of these chapters details goes through and lists the individual cities. And I'm not going to go through and eat, read each of the cities. You can do that on your own. But each of the cities is just city after city and what God's saying. I've kept my word. I'm giving you this land. I'm giving you the blessings of, of God. I am, I, I promised you, I promised Abraham that I would give you this land. And this is the land that the tribe of Naphtali is going to have. And this is the land that the tribe of Judah is going to have. And this is, this is the borders. This is what you should possess. But some of those cities that are listed are still possessed by the Canaanites. It was the individual tribe's responsibilities to go in and take what God had given them so they, they could enjoy what God had given them. But we read, as we read chapter 14, and then as we read some of chapter 17, God records for us two very different accounts of how the tribes, how the people of Israel, how different people in Israel treated the land that God had given them. How they went about possessing the land God had given them. We find two very different accounts. We find the account of Caleb. Now, Caleb and Joshua were the only two men who survived from the original generation that had left Egypt. Joshua was older than Caleb. But Caleb, at this time, was 85. He was 40 when he went into the land of Canaan. And he talks about that there. He comes to Joshua and says, I went into the land of Canaan. And God said, I would have the land that I walked on. And I want that land. God's kept me alive I've waited patiently for 45 years to enjoy the promised land. And I want what God has for me. That mountain that I walked on, even though the Anakims are there, the sons of the Anakims, okay, those were the giants. Those were the very people who instilled fear in, children, in the children of Israel and originally when they left from Kadesh Barnea, so they didn't go into the land and they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years, it was these people who instilled the fear in them. And Joshua, I mean Caleb, as an 85-year-old man is saying, I want that mountain. There's somebody who wrote a song about that, a song that um, has been sung in many churches over the years. I want that mountain. And that's what Caleb's saying. The mountain that has the sons, that has strong cities, that has walled cities, God's going to enable me to do that. He said in verse, um, go back to chapter 14 and verse number 12. Is at the end of verse number 12, it says, If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able, I will be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. 
If God is with me, just like God has said, it doesn't matter if they're giants. It doesn't matter if they have great cities. I am going to enjoy the blessings that God has for me. I am going to take what God has given me and I am going to be able to use it and enjoy it to the glory of God. I am going to take out what is keeping me from enjoying the blessings God has for me. And he conquered the cities of Mount of Mount Hebron. He went in and he took those cities. And in chapter number 16, it talks, 15 and 16, it talks about how Caleb went in, straight in, and he drove out the inhabitants and he inspired others to go and drive out the inhabitants of that mountain. And he, he did not settle for less than best. Then we can go to chapter 17. That's one scenario. Caleb saying, I'm going to take what God has given me. I'm going to attack. God is able to drive out even the giants. Even though I'm 85 years old, I'm still going. Then we have a very different scenario in chapter 17 with the tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh. They needed more room than was already conquered in their territory. They go into the lot that God had given them, and they say they go into the area that had already been conquered, the cities that were already defeated. And they say, this isn't big enough. So they come to Joshua and say, Joshua, we're a mighty people. We have many people. I, I don't know, reading that, could you just hear a little bit of the arrogance that was in there? They were, we are a great people, and the Lord has blessed us. Why are you giving us just one small lot? We need more room because we are such a great people. And Joshua tells them, if you're as big as you say you are, take the rest of the land that God's already given you. If you are as good as you say you are, prove it. Go take it. And they say, they have chariots of iron. They're strong. We can't do that. And Joshua, Joshua tells them, you are a great people. So take the land God has given you. If you want to enjoy the blessings that God has given you, take it. God is able to drive out whether they have chariots of iron or not. Whether they have great armies or not. Though they be strong. Though they have chariots of iron. God is the... Um, what makes it happen? It's not because you're a strong people. Have you ever met someone who talks about their spirituality and how they need to be able to do such and such because they are so spiritual? They come to pastor and say, why am I not being allowed to serve such and such a way? They come to a pastor in a church. And that pastor will tell them, well, if you want to enjoy the blessings of God in this, it might help if you show up to services. If you, it might help if you got rid of those habits in your life that are keeping you from moving forward for God. If you are such a great spiritual person, how about we just do what God has put in front of you rather than worrying about, well, I haven't, God hasn't given me enough. No. You just need to do what God has put in front of you. You just need to obey what God wants. They came and said, we are a great people. We need more room. 
And Joshua said, it's there. Go and take it. We can't. We're not strong enough. God is strong enough. God is able. You know, I've played the guitar for around 16 years. I enjoy playing the guitar. But there are certain things I have not learned how to do on a guitar. There are certain skills that I have no idea how to do, that I have not learned yet. Because I'm too busy or too lazy to spend the time necessary to learn that song or those skills. I have to invest the time and the energy. The reason why I haven't reached that level of skill on my guitar is I haven't worked at it enough. I haven't put the time in. I haven't put the investment in. And we often fail to fully enjoy the blessings God has for us. We often, God has given us so many blessings, but we often aren't able to enjoy, like the children of Ephraim, everything that God would want us to enjoy. Why? We can become satisfied with what we have. You know what? I'm good right where I am. Or we can allow the fear of conquering those things in our life. That's what happened to the children of Ephraim. They said, we can't conquer that. They're too strong for us. And there's sometimes things that Christians, even Christians, leave in their life because they say, I'll never get over this. I'll never be able to get past this. They fear the struggle that it will take to remove that sin or remove that struggle from their life, that habit from their life. And they can just say, well, this is the way it's going to be. I'll never move forward for God. This is where I'm going to be stuck. But Joshua gave Ephraim the answer. They said, God is able to drive them out. It's God that is the answer. God is what makes the difference. And God desires us as His children to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But to do this, if we are going to grow in the areas, if we are going to grow the way God wants us to grow, if we are going to enjoy the blessings that God has for us, we have to fully possess... The areas God has given us. Okay, that sounds kind of weird. What are you talking about? Your life. Your life. You only have one life, and only you can live it. Pastor can't live your life for you. Your husband or your wife can't live your life for you. You can't live your life. Your parents can't live your life for you. If you want to enjoy the full blessings of God, if you want to be able to enjoy the life that God has given you, if you want to be able to enjoy your time here in the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and see God's blessings in your life, you must bring every area of your life under His control. That's, they had, each tribe had a possession, had a lot. And each tribe had to go and take that land that specific, the individual cities in that land, some that weren't conquered yet, if they were going to enjoy what God had given them. You know, there's a lot of, you might, we might call them tonight cities, 
or strongholds or whatever in our life that must be brought under His control. We, I, I just listed some. You know, our thoughts, our words, our emotions, our finances, our relationships, our conduct at work and at home need to be under the control of God. Need to have God guiding them. If we are going... You know, family is a blessing. But if you're going to enjoy that blessing, you have to allow God to have control of it. It can't be ourselves. Our church is a blessing. Your ability to be able to serve in the church is a blessing. It is supposed to be something that as you serve the Lord, it is a blessing. But you must allow God to have control of that area. Basically, in this passage, there's two options. There's two ways of thinking. There's two lines of action that are shown. Caleb, he said, I'm not going to allow anything to stop. I'm going to take everything that God has for me. I'm going to fully conquer, drive out even though they're giants, and enjoy what God has for me. Then there's Ephraim. We can't take it. It's not big enough for us. We're strong people. But we can't mess with those people. You can allow fear or laziness to keep you from enjoying what God has given you. You can't serve God if something is run, else is running your life. You can't fully enjoy what God has given you if parts of your life are controlled by someone other than God. You can fully enjoy God's blessings when God has complete control of your life. You can fully enjoy God's blessings when God has complete control of your life. God wants to give each one of us, and God has given each one of us, responsibilities in our life. Things that He wants us to do. And we can either, through His power and through His might, accomplish those things and enjoy the blessings that God has for us. Or we can say, you know what, that's too hard for me right now. I can't do that. The difference is the power of God. What, God, what Joshua told Ephraim is, it doesn't matter if they have chariots of iron. It doesn't matter. He says, though they have chariots of iron, though they be strong, God is able to drive them out. We look at the book of Judges, and we can see the consequences of Israel's failure in not driving them out. How, they became, how the children of Israel became satisfied with allowing them to live in the land. They said, you know what, we can't drive them out. They stopped short of what God had for them. And just as God had told them, He says, if you don't drive them out, they're going to become thorns in your eyes. You're going to be drawn away. That's exactly what happened. And then they were oppressed in the very land that God had given them. You know what? No one can conquer your life for you. No one can live your life for you. You must submit to God and allow God's Word to bring all areas of your life 
under His control. We have to finish the job. We have to allow, and that job never is done until we reach heaven. There's always, when um, during the um, members meeting, the Lord's Supper pastor was asking, how many of our lives could use improvement? Our relationships with God could use improvement. Every one of us could. Until we reach heaven, until our life is over, we need to constantly be moving forward. We need to be constantly bringing more areas of our life under God's control. We're never done. There's never a point where we can sit back and say, I'm good. I'm completely surrendered. And when you say that, you just stopped. We have to be continually moving forward. Israel have been given the land by God. They were there and they, 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 their inheritance was coming out to them. God was giving them what He had promised and they were going to be able to enjoy the blessings of God. Each tribe, individually. This family received their land. They say, this is what God promised to Abraham over 400 years ago. And we get to enjoy this now. But you know what? They couldn't enjoy that land with the Canaanites still in the land. They couldn't enjoy it the way God wanted them to enjoy it. Because they would lead them astray. There would be battles. But you know what they had to do? Was fight the battles then. Allow, take control of what God had given them. And they would be able to enjoy the blessings God had given them. If you and I in our lives are going to enjoy the life God has given us. Enjoy the, the work, the struggles that God has given us. We have to let God have control of it. We can't hold anything back, whether, whether it might be some sin in our life. And we say, I'll never get over that. The power of God can. Whether it's some, whether it's some family member or some um, habit that we have. It doesn't have to be some blatant sin, but it's just something, well, I'm just that way. I'll never get over it. God's power can get you over it. Because if you are going to enjoy the full blessings of God, Israel enjoyed parts of the blessings of God. There was was parts where where they inhabited part of the land. They got to enjoy that. But God didn't want them to enjoy part of the land. He wanted them to enjoy the whole land. That's why it listed all the cities. Even though the cities that were still inhabited by the Canaanites, God wanted them to be able to enjoy it all. But each tribe had to take what God had assigned them. In each one of us, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize it. I'm not trying to say, you have cities in your land that you must go and fight against and besiege. I'm not trying to say that. But the principle is the same. If you want to enjoy the blessings of God, it has to be under God's control. If you want to enjoy the full blessings of God, it's under full control. But there's some people who will never enjoy all the blessings of God because they don't do it God's way. They don't show up and listen to the preaching. It isn't that my preaching is so great. No way. Or pastor has said, I am not the greatest preacher in the world. But it's God's way. It's what God has ordained coming to church. It may take time. It may take struggles. 
But God is able to give the victory. And you and I can enjoy the full blessings of God when God has full control. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come before you. I thank you for tonight.